The weekend and week eight of the fantasy football season are here, IBT family. We help you make the most of it with our starts, sits, and sleepers. Let's get fired up and cheers to the weekend. It's the IBT podcast coming at you. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the jet sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never replay. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. What they don't know, something they haven't seen. I find a gap on the screen and hit them right in between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know, something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. In between fantasy football podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is Feel Good Friday, October 27th. It is Seth Wilcock, and I am joined by a man who hits Halloween harder than most. He walks the walk, he talks the talk. He's Senor Eric Romoff. Eric, how are you doing as we head into the spookiest weekend of the year? And you are not lying for a change. Usually uh, you're prone to hyperbole in these intros, but we uh, we go hard for, for Halloween. Like I've got a 15-foot or so skeleton Ooh. that is emerging from the earth in my front yard. My, uh, my neighborhood just entirely gets after it. There's like a block. That's basically like Bourbon Street every year on Halloween, like all kinds of vendors and parties. It's wild. I'm here for it. Hell yeah, man. I got down for Halloween last weekend. I, I talked on the Friday show. I was going as Drake and Josh to a Halloween party with Katie. And I was reminded why I don't party much anymore, man. Because I blacked the fuck out in like three hours. It was terrible. Made the drinks a little too stiffies, if you know what I mean. Uh, was just getting after it. Had a great time. There were some pictures I don't remember being in, some beer pong games that were played that I don't remember being played. Um, but that's Halloween, baby. Am I right? Yeah, man. That's what you're signing up for, right? The uh, <laughs> the the Halloween party is stuff of legend. So the fact that you don't remember, it sounds like upwards of 50% of the night is is a is a sign of a job well done. You have you have achieved what you set out to do at that party. I, I guess that's a good good point there. I didn't feel like I achieved shit the next day. I'll tell you that. I did not feel <laughs> great. Uh, but Eric, we are here. We are on a Friday, and we have a stat card for today. Thursday night football recap coming at you in a second. And then Adam of the South Harmon Fantasy Football Show. He's going to be joining us for some start sits. And then uh, sleepers later in the show with Justin Henry. Super excited to chat with Justin. Um, and thanks for all the support, IBT family. We appreciate those longtime listeners and those of you new to the program. And if you are new, I'm sorry. The YouTube algorithm absolutely fucked you over today. Um, but regardless, easiest way to support us, if you enjoy this type of content, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, come back and hang out with us. And let us know your questions today. How can we help you here in week number eight? I'm seeing Evan has a question in there already. Evan, we'll get to this uh, when our guest arrives here in just a little while. We're going to get to our Thursday night football recap first. And then oh, Albert's in the chat. Good afternoon, IBT. 
Good afternoon to you, Albert. Thanks so much for joining us, man. And uh, let's get to it here, Eric, in the Thursday Night Football Recap. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place to have some fun? Ain't got to worry about something not what it means. Come and give me another because the night is young. At least I so thought. and center. And we usually come in here on Fridays, Eric, and we usually talk a little shit on some Thursday night football games that let us down from a fantasy perspective. However, this was a glorious one, man. I feel like almost everyone delivered, except if you're a James Cook manager. I apologize. Um, But just one turnover for the Bills in this game. Pretty even back and forth the whole way. It ends up being Bills 24, Buccaneers 17. What did you think of this? Was this the greatest Thursday night football game ever for fantasy managers? No, not not by a long shot. Um, Look, we've we've (laughs) seen... uh, We've seen some stinkers on Thursday night, right? So the bar is relatively low. Um, this was more competitive than most Thursday night football games. But this thing was a pain to watch, right? Like Buffalo was in absolute control of this game pretty much from the jump. And then at the very end, Tampa Bay executed like the nine-minute drill while they were down two scores, just like completely plotting their way down the field, got saved by several penalties. I mean, that the, the fourth quarter of that game, was painful to watch. Obviously, yeah. you know, Mike Evans finally got there. You know, we we saw some of the scoring that we were all waiting for as fantasy managers in that sequence, but it was not good football. I did not enjoy the the fourth quarter of that game at all. You know what I did enjoy? I enjoyed the Gabe Davis breakout. He's the thir- first Thursday night football shout out of the day. Nine for 87 and one. Third lowest ADOT of his regular season career with at least five targets. Second most targets in his career. Most regular season receptions in his career by three. I mean, it is insane what we saw from Gabe Davis here on Thursday night. Is this like, is this sticky? Is this sticky? Because I feel like with Gabe Davis, it's never really that sticky from one week to, to another. But we did highlight it in one of our video on demands a couple weeks ago. Scott's bought in. Is is, is this the, the breakout? Is it here? I mean, I, I guess by Gabe Davis standards, it's here, right? This is this is probably going to be the best that we see him play. Um, you know, the the tail of the tape on him, like we we talked about him as a potential uh, post hype sleeper heading mm-hmm. into the season, right? Like you could get him for free, and by all means, by leaps and bounds, he has he has outplayed his his ADP. But if if you if you take a look at how he's actually generating this, you know, this these fantasy points, it's basically touchdown or bust for him, right? Like. He's he's still prone to these huge swings, right? He's got a one point week, a three point week, a five point week, and then he's got some tens, some fifteens, some twenties. And the difference between those is touch, touchdown productivity, right? So, like, if you believe that Gabriel Davis is going to be, uh, you know, the leading wide receiver in touchdowns on the Bills, then yes, you very much so have a path to where he is going to keep producing at this level. But touchdown scoring is highly variant, so. I think we're we're probably going to see a downswing coming with a few more boom weeks before the year's over. Okay. And what about Dalton Kincaid in this one? It was five for 65 and one for him. Almost had a couple touchdowns. They were looking for him early and often. Great to see that. 
I think he's a thing. I think we can we can say that. We know fantasy manager spent up some fab after the news of Dawson Knox going down with that that surgery earlier this week. And then Khalil Shakir, is he a thing? Six for 92. I think he will make some waiver columns. I don't know if he'll make ours at IBT, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with Shakir, right? Like, he's, he's much more of, like, the DFS showdown dart throw, right? Like, he ran a good number of routes. Uh, credit to him, like he's a managed to he's managed to surpass Hardy on a wide receiver pecking order depth chart. So he'll be out there a fair amount, but his productivity is is gonna kind of ebb and flow yeah. akin to Gabriel Davis, right? Um, so he's he's worth he's worth rostering. He's young enough to where you know this could be the start of something. So you want to have him on your bench to watch watch if that plays out or not. Uh, but not someone that I'm I'm looking to to get into starting lineups anytime in the near term. Dalton Kincaid, on the other hand. Yeah, I mean this. This was the breakout that that we were that we were looking for, right? Like we all knew the volume was coming with uh, with Dawson Knox uh, on the uh, on the surgery table for his wrist, but the the way in which they utilized him, he was a point of emphasis when they were in scoring position, right? They schemed him with um, with that motion route that yes. uh, that Tampa Bay jumped, right? You know that was very much so designed to get the ball in his hands at the goal line, but also his touchdown itself, as as Josh Allen was rolling out. There were two other wide open receivers that easily could have had the first down. He continued scrambling and and waited for that window to open for Dalton Kincaid so he could cruise in for for that touchdown, right? So not only is he now a much safer floor play because the volume is all his, but I mean he's going to have ceiling to push into the top 5 on any given week cuz they are looking to get, to get the ball to him when they are in scoring position. It's happened, baby. The rookie tight ends are loud and proud here in 2023. Last couple notes on the game. Rashad White, you know, Rashad White stat line on the ground, nine for 39, but seven for 70 receiving. And he looked good. It wasn't just like some of this was kind of some junk play down down the line. But at the end of the day, man, I really loved what we saw from the second year back for Tampa Bay. And he's a guy I've never been a big fan of. I don't think he's that talented, but he showed some burst here. So it was good to see that, especially with Chase Edmonds kind of back nipping at his heels a little bit. Final point. Uh, I think these defenses are actually kind of cheeks. I, I think I'm going to continue to attack the bills a little bit. They've had a lot, a lot of injuries back there, man. I don't think you can get, get past these, uh, these injuries to Matt Milano and the boys over there. So, I know they're, they're still technically on paper, the number two defense to stay away from for fantasy quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield had 20 plus points in four pass, four point per passing touchdown leagues last night. So I'm interested in, uh, in maybe fading these defenses a little bit here down the stretch. I think that's fair to say, right? Like um, Tampa Bay is still relatively tough against the run as evidenced by James Cook's down. Yes. Week. But yep. a lot of what they do is they just like, they stack the box, right? So like, it's also fairly easy to scheme the counterpunch against that. Um, so, you know, Tampa Bay isn't really in that consideration. Buffalo, I, I'll expect them to get incrementally better as the season goes on. But for where we sit today, like, you know, they they haven't been the, uh, you know, the the iron curtain that, that they were sort of billed out to be. What I will not stand for is you giving any love to Baker Mayfield for this performance. Yes, I mean, he, he got there in terms of, in terms of his fantasy outpoint, uh, uh, output, I should say. But he did it on back-to-back plays that bounced off of a defender's helmet into into yeah. his his receiver's hands, right? Like just consecutive versions of the most fluky outcomes you can imagine. So yeah, he he got the points, but you run that sequence ten thousand more times, it's probably only happening you know once or two more. It was incredibly unlikely that it played out that way. 
All right. Well, let's go ahead. Let's get to the people's questions here in matchup management. We're going to close the book on Thursday night football and get to an awesome Sunday slate coming up here after the drop. Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it going to be? All right, and joining us for matchup management tonight is one half of maybe my favorite program on the internet right now because they are so damn funny. He is South Harmon's fantasy football's leader, the leader of the shitheads, Adam. What's up, Adam? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on, man. Um, glad glad to come in here and talk some matchups this week. You know, Mike and I love playing best ball, so we don't have to worry about who to yeah. start. You guys were talking Gabe Davis earlier. You love when you don't have to worry about if he's going to give you one or 20. You just take that 20. But in lineup leagues, man, a lot lot different. And um, I'm, I'm excited. Let's talk about what are the matchups and what are the players we want to start or sit today, you know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I want to start with the Rams running backs. I put Daryl Henderson on the thumbnail today, man, because I think it's a trap play. I think this is one that people went to him last week. Uh, a little uneasy, not knowing who would be the starter. And it was him coming right off the couch. But he's going up against a Dallas Cowboys defense that I think is actually better against running backs than we're giving them credit for here, Adam. Week one, they held Saquon at about 9.3. Week two, they shut Breeze down. Week number four, Ramondre Stevenson shut down. Even last or uh, week number six, the last time we saw the Cowboys, Austin Eckler, 10.2 PPR points. Maybe this is just, uh, you know, running backs not 100% healthy against them, but I'm a little concerned here that Henderson's going to be let be a letdown, especially with Royce Freeman taking some of those snaps. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of split carries too. I mean, I would say this. I think a lot of people that played Henderson last week didn't really have many other options, I would yeah. hope at least, right? You, you shouldn't have been playing him ahead of other candidates that are worthy. So I, I would definitely be more cautious about playing him this week. Um, if you don't have anyone else, go ahead, but... I mean, he'd probably be towards the bottom, like RB3 type territory for me this week. If I had to play him, I'd put him in there, but I would not feel good about it, man. Eric, where do you have Daryl Henderson ranked? Because I'm scared shitless. I I agree with Adam. He's still probably in that, you know, RB3 range in PPR formats, but still not super excited about it. Yeah, I've got him at 28. So on the back end of RB3 range. Um, And the the points that you laid out are are exactly the, the case, right? Like, Henderson and Freeman literally split um, right down the middle, right? Like 52-48 in terms of snaps, 60-40 in terms of rush attempts. Uh, gets a little bit closer to even when you account for some of their work as receivers. So, you know, you're, you're getting a guy that is going to get, in best case, about half the work. And he's getting about half the work against a very stout Dallas Cowboy run defense, right? They are 26th in the league in fantasy points per game allowed to the position. 3.6 yards per carry. Henderson obviously gets involved as a pass catcher. They're at six yards per per reception to running backs, which is 28th in the league. So really, you know, the the opportunity is is limited, and, and those limited touches are going to be in an unideal circumstance. All right. All right. Not much, yeah. not much backlash there uh, for us. Let's get to a couple trade questions here in the okay. chat, guys. First one is, Evan, would you trade DeAndre Hopkins and Kareem Hunt for Devonta Smith? Or wait to see if D Hop gets traded. Adam, how are you handling this heading into week eight? Man, um, is, is this is this uh, dynasty or re- redraft here? Redraft, redraft. redraft. This part, yeah. I mean, I, Devontae Smith. The thing is, right now, his 
his like featured in the offenseness is not very good anymore. Um, the guy that we saw a lot last year, he, AJ Brown's been the the clear alpha in this offense lately. You have um, DeAndre Swift is actually for a Jalen Hurts led offense getting a lot of passing work. I want Devontae Smith over DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think you can probably replace Kareem Hunt in a redraft league pretty easily. Yeah. So I'll still take the Devontae Smith side. Um, I don't know, man. Devon, uh, the other thing is DeAndre Hopkins kind of feeling dusty right now. If he gets traded, it's going to have <laughs> yeah. to be somewhere elite. Otherwise, I probably don't care. So I'll take the Devontae Smith side here just because I, I think Kareem Hunt's a little easier replaced um, in a redraft format. I'm with you there, Adam. Eric, we haven't seen the the ceiling and the consistency from Devonta Smith this season. That said, is there even a situation that you could see that D-Hop goes to that's better than Tennessee where he is getting all the volume, although it's you know very poor targets at that? Yeah, I, I think that's the point to underscore here, right? Like there, there really isn't a situation where he's going to step into this type of target volume anywhere else in the league, right? You know, we can we can set aside the fact that I don't think his market is going to be all that active. So the likelihood of him getting traded is relatively low. But anywhere that he goes, like he's going to be an, an ancillary piece. Right. So, yes, they are, um, you know, 5.0 a dot Ryan Tannehill targets or whatever is to come with Will Levis targets. But the if split of Will Levis and Malik Willis, man, you know. Yeah, exactly. If, if he's getting, you know, 10 to 14 of them, that's that's where his highest uh, output will come so you know I, I i'm not bullish on him being traded as a as a probability i don't think it will change his circumstance for the better um and i'm i'm, I'm right here with with you two I'd, I'd much rather have the devonta smith side of this one it's just attaching yourself to better offenses the, the better days will come i think for uh devonta smith and here's one from our guy tingley here on youtube adam how do you feel about devonta yes. smith for brandon Ayuk? are you making this move Yes, give me Brandon Ayuk here. Give me Brandon Ayuk for sure here. I think uh, I think you'll see volatility for both of these guys, right? There are still some miles to be fed in the the Niners' offense, but Debo's not 100%. I mean, Chris McCaffrey's still going to eat, but I, I think Brandon Ayuk's already kind of proven to be the alpha in the offense. There's just a lot more miles there. So I would say the floor is actually a little higher with Ayuk, and I think the ceiling probably is higher too. I'll take Ayuk here over Devontae Smith this year every single time. Eric, are you here already? We, we were taking Devonta Smith in the second round of redrafts just a couple of months ago, and and Brandon Ayuk back in the sixth or seventh round. Have the values flipped that much for you? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely here, right? Like if you talk about their their skill sets, you know he has um, you know as much talent to be a you know a game breaker anytime the ball's in his hand as Devonta Smith is, right? Um, and his his floor is exponentially more stable, right? Like. He very clearly is is the best receiving option on this team, right? Like, you know, you can make an argument for for Christian McCaffrey, and, and obviously that's fair. But he he very much so is the alpha receiver for San Francisco, and he's you know he's he's got that he's got that steady contribution with the skill set to break one any any time that he, he he hauls a ball in. So I, I I like that combination. It's hard to come by. So I'll I'll go with the Ayuk side too. Wow. Okay. Wow. I. Are you there? Are you not? I don't know. I don't know where I am on. I think Devonta Smith is one of the hardest players for me to rank rest of season because we know what the upside is. It's just we haven't got that from the Eagles offense. And I still believe, I think. I, I think it's so hard for me to turn off the talent. And Brandon Ayuk, honestly, like the last couple of weeks have been a little bit disappointing. He hasn't scored since week one. So I, I think there are some holes in his game. And this week, it's not like we're going to get Brock Purdy. So 
I am a little worried that come come Monday we, we might feel differently about this one. Are we sure that uh, him losing Brock Purdy is a bad thing? That's, I think, the other question I uh, will have answered here, if it is the system or if it is Brock Purdy. Um, I'm excited to see Sam Darnold out there, man. I think Sam can can sling it around the, the yard a little bit. It's been fun to see in uh, a lot of these Superflex Dynasty leagues I'm in, you know, what, what Sam Darnold commanded on the waiver wire. Because you rarely get, like, waiver wire players that are going to yeah. actually mean something for teams. So, uh, interesting. We got uh, maybe the question of the year here from our, my buddy Ginge on Facebook. Me and Yuta want to know your thoughts on dollar marks at Applebee's. Adam, have you had the dollar Ritas? Have, have you gone after them before and your thoughts on them? So I haven't had the dollar Ritas like the new ones. I've had like margaritas from Applebee's. I used to be a, uh, my first job actually, I was a host server at Applebee's long okay, time ago, okay. man. So, um, for a dollar, I'll 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 oblige, but they're uh, they're nothing all that special relative to you know margaritas personally. But I, you give me a dollar, I'm in, man. I'm been on almost anything for a dollar. Mike and I like to get the cheap options, you know. Yeah, yeah, I fe- I feel you, man. We used to have this place on Main Street in my college town. It was fifty cent wells, and Ooh. I never like I I just I grew up with that, you know what I mean. So I kind of thought, hey, this is gonna be a usual thing. No, that's not the case, Eric, at all. Uh, your thoughts on dollar marks here at Applebee's? They're back, baby. <laughs> yeah, they are so back. And this is <laughs> this is kind of like the uh, this is like the DeAndre Hopkins of the drinking world, right? Like this is the volume play. You're not really going to enjoy it while it's happening, but it'll it'll get the job done, right? Like you you go out there, you put down, you know, five, six, ten dollars worth of marks, and you're you're in for a good time on a on a pretty pretty cheap budget. Yeah, I would say the other good thing about these is um, they're gonna taste better the more you drink, right? You, they're yeah. they're gonna as you get going more, and you, the faster you drink. Yeah, you just be a little more palatable each time, you know. <laughs> there we go. There we go. The hard hitting questions over here on the IBT podcast this week. Let's talk some start sits, boys. Right. Adam, is there someone that sticks out to you? Uh, at the quarterback position that you're either playing that that consensus maybe doesn't love or that you're avoiding that's in that consensus top 12. Yeah, I think uh, I think this week, man, I feel like I'm going to sit Dak. I'll, I'll be honest. Thank you. It, it, oh, you got Dak? All right. Yeah. Thank you. Mike and I just went through um, on our 40 chess podcast and we're talking about we, we do a we have a chart where we start. Um, it's called spike and consistency weeks, right? So we're kind of charting and it's a best ball, primarily best ball featured, um, chart, but it's showing you basically when guys are helping you win weeks and in best ball, when guys are basically not having a chance at making your lineup. Right? So the crazy part about Dak is he was number one overall at the position, the one week he spiked, but outside of that, he's basically worthless, like 24 overall or lower. Like he's been, he's had a couple team weeks, but it's just been really feast or famine with not a lot of feast and i don't see it this week man um personally for me if i have dak you're probably in a super flex league forced to play him but if if you have other options that are in similar ranges i'd I'd just be sitting putting dak on the shelf until i see more consistency from him personally eric how do you feel about Dak? because i'm i'm with adam here man this is a rams defense too as young as they are as many rookies are on this defense they've done very well against quarterbacks the only time they've been lit up by the quarterback position is when they face these mobile guys, which I don't think Dak is at this point in his career. So your thoughts here on uh, the Cowboy signal caller? Yeah, he's he's definitely someone to avoid if you can. Um, like, like like was mentioned before, 
I'm one of the sad sacks, specifically in Scott Fishbowl, <laughs> that is forced to fire up Dak Prescott. Um, yep. So, you know, there certainly isn't any better option. Sam Darnold also went for a pretty penny uh, when waivers ran in, in SFB. And, and yeah, like specifically the, you know, the, the things that, that Dallas likes to do when they're throwing the ball, LA is pretty good at, at limiting that, right? Like the, the perimeter corner play is, is no joke for, for these Rams and just the offense in general, right? Like much more of a slow paced kind of plotting system and scheme they're running out there. You know, if, if you're going to be uh, absent of these explosive plays, you know, you're, you're hoping that volume can make up for it. And I don't think that, that Prescott's going to check either of those boxes this week. Okay. All right. Getting some questions here in the chat that we'll shift over to before we get back to quarterbacks. Here's a, a, a dicey one, Eric, from Antonio. Would you do DeAndre Swift and Amari Cooper for Justin Jefferson? My other wide receivers are A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, JSN, Josh Downs, Rashi Rice, and his other RBs are Kyron, Brees Hall, Jalen Warren, and Ty J. Spears. So it could leave him thin at the position, but I, I think we feel a lot better about Justin Jefferson today than we did two weeks ago with how the Vikings offense is rounding into form and they have a shot at the playoffs at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, f- fair to say that we feel better about Jefferson today than you know a couple weeks ago. But you know the the thing that would make me pass on this trade is is just what it does to your to your running back room, right? Like. You know, obviously, Brees Hall's coming on, and and we're we're very excited about the stretch run for him. But after that, like we we don't exactly know when Kyron's going to come back. You've got Jalen Warren, you got Tajay Spears, guys that you know can certainly continue to emerge and potentially take the job, but don't have it locked up by any means, right? So, you know, I I would love to have Justin Jefferson added to that very strong wide receiver core, but you're you're creating a huge hole in your in your starting lineup by doing so. Adam, your thoughts. He is six and one here, if that matters to you. So um a couple things here in the re- in a redraft format, like I think how many starters you have to play comes into play in a trade like this. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if you're talking like a really shallow one, you only got to play seven people, eight people, nine people, something like that. Um, and it's a single quarterback format. I-, I think you could probably pull it off here. If you're going to do this though, like understand DeAndre Swift right now, the last six weeks. He is one of the most consistent floors at running back, which is something I bet you no one thought was possible, right? <laughs> no, Given no. the last couple seasons, what we saw. He's in this Philly offense, and this is with him not even really getting a lot of goal line opportunities. Like that that tush push, whatever you want to call it, the brotherly shove. It, he's not going to have a lot of these uh, goal line carries, but here's the thing. He still has carry some injury risk. So if you were going to do this, <clears throat> I think the big thing you have to do is figure out every single week, you need to like take a look at your fab budget Every single week, you need to be hitting the waiver wire. Which injuries are happening? Who's out there? Who can I get? Kind of almost shifting your roster construction now because you're so goon squatted at at receiver. You need to almost have in the back of your mind, all right, I'm not going to get Swift back, but how can I weekly try to replace as much of his production as possible? It's not going to be easy. But I think if you're 6-1 and and it's a shallower starting format, you could pull it off. You just have to really think about how am I going to replace – you know, DeAndre Swift, who right now is honestly, you know, looking like a league winning running back. So it's it's risky, but I think it would depend on the format and if you feel like you can get that stuff down at the wire. Yeah, looks like here it's a, a pretty general redraft uh, team construction here. One flex, two RB, two wide receiver. 
And listen, Jalen Warren last week looked like he was finally going to break that streak of double-digit PPR points, and he, he came through for the touchdown uh, for the Steelers and your fantasy teams. I was pretty happy to see that with a lot of exposure to him and just being a Steelers fan. But in general, like I think he can be a, a spot-start RB2 if you, you have him. And don't forget, he has Ty J Spears on his bench, who that's a lottery ticket right now. Right. Yeah, it, could, it could mean maybe nothing come Tuesday, but he Derek could Henry be a trade. Yeah, he could be a starting running back for the Titans. The, the other thing I look at too is he, with this format he just gave you, right? So you got two running backs. So you'll t- you're going to take definitely a downgrade here um, until you get Kyron yeah. back, or you can find something on the wire. But if you think about this with two receivers and a flex man, like you can basically slot in three guys that would be easily first round draft picks. Yeah, right. AJ Brown, Tyree Kill. Justin Jefferson come the playoff run. If this team looks like it's already going to make the playoffs, oh man, I think I might do this, man. I think I might do it. It's just shallow enough, but you do need to figure out like the waiver wire, uh, see if you can find cheaply in trades, some running back production. Maybe you can trade away a guy like JSN or some of these other receivers you have down the line. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I I think I would do it. It's just tough, man. DeAndre Swift has been an absolute boss this year. And I think the other thing you're doing here on this two to one is you're freeing up a roster spot. You can go out there and grab a running back. Eric, you suggested Devin Singletary a couple weeks ago in our beat the waiver wire segment. He's still floating out there in some leagues. There's some other depth running backs that you could add to your bench with this trade. So yeah, two to one here. I'm with Adam. I'm making this trade. Um, here's one from our guy, Alex PPR need one Najee Harris, Deandre Hopkins, and Henderson, Oof. Eric, why don't you take this one first? Because I don't have much to say good about any of these players right now. Yeah, I don't know if, if any of us are. Um, I, I mean, technically, I've got Najee Harris one spot ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, who are both a handful of spots ahead of Henderson this week. I'll, I'll break my, my rule of following rankings and go with DeAndre Hopkins here just because that volume is so steady. And you know, we, we never know on a given week yeah. if, you know, we're going to see uh, uh, Jalen Warren eat into more workload for Najee Harris. And he's one of these, you know, inefficient, volume-dependent kind of guys where just a handful of touches going the other direction can mean very bad things for his week. So I'll, I'll, I'll hold my nose and go with the Hopkins side. Adam, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the reality is, like, you look and – Najee Harris basically scored a touchdown, and that's why he was a little more meaningful for people, right? And you're playing Jacksonville. I'm not going to say he can't score a touchdown, but I I don't know this is going to be a a good game script for him. I don't know that the game script necessarily matters. I just don't think there's a ton of scoring opportunities for Najee typically in this offense. So I think with the PPR play, full PPR here, I'm just going to go ahead and go with Hopkins. I'll be honest, they're both gross, man. I mean, we got quarterback situation we don't know what's going on with, but if you told me right now I have to shoot for upside right now with somebody, I guess it would be Nuke. But man, it's uh, I'd be I'd be trying to hit the wire at some point too, man. Uh, this is not ideal. Yeah, and DeAndre Hopkins, I'm facing a couple decisions in some leagues like Rashi Rice over him. If Joshua Palmer is good to go, and I think I am going to go with those younger wide receivers. But there is still some upside with DeAndre Hopkins. Like we don't know what Will Levis is going to be. He could chuck it deep. We know this guy has a cannon on him. We could see Nuke finally get a touchdown. He's been so close so many times, just stepping out of the back of the end zone. So I think there still is some like unknown upside here with him. Um, and I, I think it's a game script. They're probably going to have to be trailing 
So uh, I'm with you guys here. It's gross, Alex. Uh, look to the waiver wire if there are any better options out there, but it probably is nuke here for us. And uh, one yep. here from Tingley. Who should I stream week nine by? Love Carr, Tyrod Taylor, Gino, or Minshew? So I'll say this, Tingley. I just made this play. Um, I have Matthew Stafford in a league, and I don't like the matchup coming up next week. So I go, went ahead and added Gardner Minshew to my squad. He's playing the Carolina Panthers next week. This is a leaky Panthers defense. He's my favorite play here in week nine. Adam, I, I know you probably haven't seen all the matchups um, right at this point, but but who do you think is your favorite gun to the head here in week nine for a guy Tingley? Yeah, I'm looking at it here. Um, man, you know, I, I it to me it's a toss up between um, Gino and Minshew. Jordan Love's actually been okay from a fantasy perspective. Um, yeah. he's at, he's at home versus the Rams that week. I'm not going to completely rule him out, but honestly, like just I've not been on the uh, Jordan Love bandwagon, and it feels and this bandwagon feels like it's coming apart pretty quick. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go with Geno by a hair here. Uh, I think it's him or Minshew for me personally. I think Tyrod is a safe floor, but not a ton of upside, and I don't really think Carr is the greatest play um, given his health. Eric, where do you fall on it? And we are going to be zero help for the <laughs> for the question here. In All the over chat. the place. I love it. Yeah. Um, I So the, the two names that jumped out for me were Garner Minshew and Derek Carr. Um, I think because he at least made the card for all three of us, the answer is probably Garner Minshew. Yeah. But Derek Carr, look, he's he's got he's got the, the gold star matchup against the, the Chicago Bears defense that has just been getting torched left and right. And while it is ugly, he is currently number six in the league in pass attempts. He's number one in the league in deep ball attempts. So, I mean, if, if he's going to be, you know, continuing to to chuck the, bar, the ball yeah. around the yard like this against the Chicago defense, you know, this this sets up to be closer to his ceiling week in, in week nine. Okay. All right. A little Derek Carr love. My issue with Derek Carr is I'm always looking at the wrong fucking stats. I'm always looking at the Raiders uh, upcoming matchups for him. So that's where he gets me a little screwed over. But it looks like some Minshew love there for Tingley. Here's one from George. Need two and half point PPR league. Isaiah Pacheco, Aaron Jones, and Jonathan Taylor. Where do you go here, uh, Adam? Oh, man. This one's tough here. Um, I'm going to play Pacheco pretty easily uh the first two weeks man it, i'll be when you when you started watching the season it it looked like this was going to be a three-way fuck fest at the running back position <laughs> yeah. for the, the chiefs and it looked like you wanted no part of anybody now pacheco's really starting to solidify himself as the primary early down uh running back in this offense um keep in mind right th this is for this week right now i was on last week now yep. we're in this week yep. right anybody that's playing against the Denver Broncos I'm just firing them up like that's a, so that is an auto start for yep. me uh right away I'm gonna go ahead and go with Jonathan Taylor um this is my other one like Aaron Jones right now man uh I love the guy but I'm I'm starting to get a little concerned here uh, until I see something so I think I'll sit him of the three I don't know if he's healthy I, I don't know if he's healthy. I don't think AJ Dillon's leading this team in receiving a week ago if AJ or if Aaron Jones is healthy. So I, I'm with you too. I, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to see a lot of action this week for this the the Colts. It's a Saints matchup. It's kind of gross, Eric. Um, can you stomach it though over Aaron Jones? Absolutely right. And the uh, everything that we've laid out here is is spot on, right? Like starting with Adam, you know, the. <laughs> 
the the Chiefs giving the first carry of the season to CEH was just like the biggest middle finger to to anyone that that drafted or rostered uh, either McKinnon or Pacheco. But since then, Pacheco's absolutely come on. We've talked about this before on the show. My guy catches balls now. Four yeah. four, four receptions yes, last does. week. Six the week before. He's got a three. He's got a two. He's got a four. Like this was not part of his projection, and it, now that it is clearly part of his game, he is an elite option week in and week in out. He's 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 almost never going to be in that sit consideration unless you just have a crazy roster. Um, and then the the second piece is is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Look, he faced uh, arguably the league's most uh, most challenging defense in the Browns last week and yeah. did pretty well for himself. So not as concerned about about the Saints. I do think we see him continue to take incrementally more work than than Moss with each passing week. And Aaron Jones is not right. Like I. <laughs> I hitched my wagon to Aaron Jones in DFS last week, so like I've I've got a little bit of of personal bias baked into <laughs> this. Burned, but actually yeah. watching the tape, like my my guy is clearly not at a hundred percent, and I I don't think that we can really feel safe firing him up until we see him perform up to the level that we've previously expected out of him. And I know it's half PPR, but the last point I'll make is uh, Jonathan Taylor last week versus the Cleveland Browns. Uh, my my Cleveland Browns three catches, forty five yards too. Not just getting the carries, but mm-hmm. You saw some explosion in the passing game, so I, I think the uh, the Moss thing is going to kind of be left for dead here before you know it. Gardner Minshew has been great for the running backs of the Colts. I will say that, like it, the dump offs are just plentiful, so I love that. And Adam, I, I love having you here on the show, man. You and Mike bring such a an interesting perspective here uh, to the fantasy football industry and community. So I appreciate everything yeah, you man. guys are doing over there at South Harmon Institute of Technology. Tell us how we can find you and best support you. And everyone in the chat, make sure you guys are hanging around because we will get some more questions and some sleepers uh, here after we let Adam go. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, you can follow me at, at, on Twitter at ATM4DChess. Um, make sure the main thing you're doing, if you like podcast form or uh, you like the video form, check us out on YouTube at South Harmon Fantasy Football, um, as well as our podcast feed, South Harmon Dynasty Football. Um, you can get that on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. So uh, those are the, the main two things, man. We put out content almost daily. Um, like later on today, we're going to do a, a preview show. I'll tell you one thing, man. If you're into the spooky season stuff, Sunday evening, right in between the uh, 4 o'clock games and the uh, Sunday night football game, we have a Halloween recap show. So every Ooh. Sunday we, we do recaps right before the Sunday night football game. This one's going to be uh, some some work I put a lot of hours into, man. It's going to be fun. So Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that, Adam. Uh, guys, leader of the shitheads, Adam, take care. Have a good rest of your afternoon here and weekend, and we'll catch you soon. And uh, guys, let's get ready for some sure things. Sleepers of the week. Appreciate it, Seth and Eric. Thank you. It's the sure thing. Sleepers of the week. This is your thing, Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week, and we are joined by NFL and NBA betting analyst, the host of the Justin Henry Show. He's the Justin Henry, a dude who always looks so damn cool. What's up, Justin? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. How are the vibes hitting you as we approach uh, the Friday evening? You know, it's, it's hard to believe we're already 
almost eight weeks, you know, halfway through the season. We're a week eight already, man, and a lot of the fantasy season has gone by. We are halfway through the fantasy regular season. So I think a lot of, you know, people want to make their strong takes in the off season. And then now we're midway through. Where do we rebound from here if you have a bad team? How do you take advantage if you have a good team? I think there's a lot of good questions to be asking right now, especially in like the buy and sell market. And guys, let's get some sure thing sleepers of the week. Justin is your first sure thing sleeper of the week on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. How we feeling? We feeling frisky? What do we got for us? So yeah, I didn't. I you know Calvin Ridley. We talked about guys that were like sleepers. He's not really a sleeper to me, but this is a guy outside of the top thirty. I think you can get a little bit of value with, but I'm gonna go a little bit deeper in my bag because that's what I do. So KJ Osborne going up against Green Bay, and I think this is a guy who could probably get double digit points on the week. But we talk about this matchup against the the Packers, who have been pretty good fantasy wise against the wide receiver position, uh, seventh hardest matchup for wide receivers. But then slot receivers is kind of their vulnerability, right? We talk about an elite corner in Jair Alexander, probably going to see a lot of Jordan Addison there on the other side, opening things up for KJ Osborne, who's had three consecutive weeks of 40, uh, 40 plus yards or more since Justin Jefferson's been out. So obviously Kirk's leaned his way. This, this total isn't super high. But it indicates, hey, they're gonna, Kurt's probably got to spread the ball around and not be able to do what he did against my Niners on Monday night. So, K.J. Osborne, give him 440 and a score. Okay, all right. I love the confidence, confidence there from you, Justin. Eric, how do you feel about K.J. Osborne, kind of the forgotten man all of a sudden in Minnesota? Yeah, you know, he's he is kind of the forgotten man, but he's out there plenty, right? And <laughs> he's he's cousins, running them, them, them sprints, yeah. man, yeah. My, my, guy, my guy's keeping his cardio on point. <laughs> And if, if you're out there enough, like Kirk Cousins th- throws the ball enough to where, you know, those those spike weeks are, are going to come. And this, you know, this this Green Bay secondary, like, you know, they're they're right around league average in some areas or they're above league average in others. But they they, they still have a pretty like, like kind of weirdly high catch rate. So, you know, where wherever Osborne's getting targets this week, he's he's got a better chance to haul him in than he would otherwise. And he's he's done some stuff with the ball in his hands, right? Like in limited opportunities, he's, he's shown a little flash. So I, I don't, I don't mind the call at all. Hey, Eric. And where are you going with your sure thing sleeper of the week? Um, also something to keep in mind there with the green Bay game. We don't know if Jair Alexander is going to be active. We also know that Eric Stokes and Darnell Savage have recently put, been put on IR as well. So banged up Packer secondary uh, kind of makes me like KJ even a little bit more, but I last Eric uh, over to you, my friend. Yeah, look, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going back to the the well here, and that is firing up your running backs against the Los Angeles Chargers. Obviously, we saw Dante Foreman go nuts for the Bears last week, but this week it looks like we're gonna have Roshan Johnson come back. Um, technically, Dante Foreman is not an outside of the top thirty, so he he isn't to be considered. But Roshan's right there, and while Foreman, you know, had the had the explosion week, right, thirty plus fantasy points. He did it on 16 carries, and that was only about half of the work out of that backfield. So hmm. I expect Roshan Johnson to come in and gobble up all 14 carries that Darrington Evans had and potentially chip into the workload for Don- for Donta Foreman against a Chargers front that has actually regressed back to form from last season. They were the only team last year that allowed two yards before contact to opposing running backs. They got incrementally better. They were floating around like 1.9, 1.92. Last week, they finally got back into 2022 form. They're again 2.0 yards before contact. Like You give a skilled a skilled rusher like Roshan Johnson 
two yards of momentum before anybody even lays a hand on him, and it sets up for him to have a gorgeous week. Okay, eight and a half point favorites out there in LA for the Chargers. So like that call there from you, Eric. Um, I'm going to go back to, to this Minnesota game, and I don't think people need to go this deep, but if you guys are struggling for a running back this week, can I offer you some Cam Slam, thank you, ma'am, acres, baby. Uh, give me some Cam Acres here, and we are going a little deep, but 39% of the snaps last week in an offense that's finally finding itself, as Justin kind of alluded to, three targets, one red zone touch for Cam Akers, and the Packers defense. I don't know why. I felt like they had really good upfront personnel this season, but they've just been atrocious against the running back all season long. And their top three matchup coming into this, four TDs allowed to the position over the last four weeks. So if you're in a league like Scott Fishbowl or a 16-team plus or just in a 12-team league and are struggling to, to find desperation RB2 play, Cam Akers, I, I'm interested here. I think he can get you 10 PPR points and a little bit of a contrarian move, maybe a DFS option as well, Eric. Yeah, contrarian is a good way to put it. Um, you, you simply cannot... <laughs> You cannot click the button on Cam Akers without, you know, feeling the need to, to hold your nose. But your your analysis is spot on, right? Like more and more he is emerging as a thing in this in this offense. You know, it, it certainly it chips away at the value of Alexander Madison, who profiles very similarly to like a Najee Harris, where he just mm -hmm. needs volume. But you look at how they used Cam Akers last week, right? Like he wasn't out on the field as much as Madison, but he was right at 50% in terms of rush attempt share, ran a ton of routes saw a target on 25% of those routes, 50% of short down and distance snaps, 15% of long down and distance snaps, right? Like it, it is a even timeshare between him and Alexander Madison, at least as, as last week as evidence. And so now you're looking at, you know, week eight where Madison's projected to outscore him by like six and a half points. And I don't really understand why, because they're fairly comparable players and they're getting about an even workload. Justin, how do you weigh in on this uh, Minnesota backfield here? Yeah, this is tough, man, because we've seen Madison, you know, take over the workload and then they traded for Cam Akers and he chipped away at the workload. And then we saw full touches from Madison. And so I'm kind of getting mixed feelings on Cam Akers being on the field for 39% of the snaps last week because it was a short week. And so mm -hmm. with that being said, I'm kind of thinking, you know what, maybe they go back to a normal, uh, you know, where Madison's taking 60-40. Ty Chandler's still getting a little bit of involvement in there. But I do have some concerns just in general with this backfield. We don't know the usage. So I don't think it's a bad idea going with Cam Akers as a Hail Mary because if he does continue you know, to kind of chip away at the workload, there's ample opportunity against his defense. It's just which one is going to get the, more, like, the most <laughs> yeah. touches? We don't know at this point. So that's where I'm at with Cam Akers, Madison, kind of staying away from both of those guys right now. Okay, and hopefully it's a better Hail Mary than last night. I mean, great ball by Baker Mayfield. Chris Godwin was just not looking for it. Where you at, my guy? Like, oh, <laughs> stuck his hand out. It was like a magnet. He stuck his hand out and it still went right by him. It was insane, man. It was insane. Uh, I feel bad for Bucks fans this morning, but either way, um, Justin, we can't thank you enough for being here with us, man, spreading some good vibes on this Feel Good Friday. Tell us how we can find you and best support you, not only throughout the remainder of the 2023 season, but beyond, my friend. Yeah, I'm on social media, Justin Henry with a three instead of an E. You can find me wherever. I'm all over TikTok, YouTube, not as much on Twitter anymore, but you can find me, man. If, you, if you're on TikTok and you like fantasy football, you probably see my face at some point. But Justin Henry with a three instead of an E or Justin Henry show, uh, live daily show that I do on YouTube. 
Hell yeah. Well, you guys heard him. Check him out. Open up a new tab here on YouTube. Go subscribe to the Justin Henry Show. And uh, thanks so much for being here with us, Justin. Eric, I appreciate your presence here as well. Everyone, enjoy week number eight. Enjoy the Halloween weekend, baby. This is our time. Don't be don't be TPing any fucking houses. I need Eric <laughs> up on a fucking ladder on his roof trying to clean out TP. That's not going to help anyone. So just respect your neighbors. That's all I say. Am I right, my friends? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I might go TP somebody. There's a few of you guys I don't like in the comments. <laughs> Get him, man. I, I appreciate it, guys. Keep it real. Keep it in between till next time, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>